Hello, and welcome to another Church Mission Society podcast. We try and bring together stories from people across the globe who are involved in God's mission so that you can pray, learn, and participate in mission too. To discover more stories, visit churchmissionsociety.org. Hi, this is Jenny, and I'm with the Kikuras family who've just come back from Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, Yay. having spent three years there. So, welcome back. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to be here. Can you tell us what you've been doing for the last three years? Well, um, we've had two slightly different remits, but working in the same context. Uh, I've been working as associate chaplain at Christchurch Rio, uh, working alongside Mark Simpson, who was the chaplain there. Uh, and our remit was really to try and renew and to bring life back to a, uh, a very faithful congregation, but a, a diminishing congregation. Uh, and so that's where our energy has been going. How do we grow the church, both num- numerically? How do we grow it in depth of faith as well? So that's me. Yeah, and for my side, um, my background's in development. And so I was particularly interested in community development in the context of both the church and social action. Um, and also um, just really, I think, how do, how do we engage... Um, with the local community that's just on our doorstep that's actually very, very poor? And, um, and what can we do? Like, you know, is, is there anything we can do and what can we do? So. Great. Now, might be a little bit out of the ordinary for a family to head off, all five of you, to a totally new context. What, what brought you to Brazil three years ago? Well, <laughs> I just finished my curacy and... Um, and so there was a, a natural break where we had the chance to do something. And Jane, with her background in development, and I, as a teenager, um, was involved in, in various mission trips and working with different mission agencies over a period of time. We, we loved the opportunity to try and go overseas, not just for the two of us, but for, for all of us to go and experience another culture, see how God is at work, um, and, and hopefully join him uh, and bring some skills to, to bear in where he called us to do. So that was that was the background. We didn't really know where we were going to go. Um, so we came to, to CMS and we approached and we met a couple of the regional managers. Uh, and there was one role, this role at Christchurch, which as we drove home afterwards just kept on coming back to Jane and I as we prayed. And we just felt an excitement. It wasn't what we'd thought. We, want, we thought we were going to go into the middle of um, like rural Africa. Rural Africa. Yeah. And, and so <laughs> urban Brazil was quite... Urban South America was quite different, but um, we really felt increasingly and, and through confirmation and in many different ways that that was where God was calling us. So that's how we ended up yeah. there. Yeah, I think that's very much the case. I think for us, I think some people feel, I have to go to this country. This is where God is calling me. And for mm. us, it was more, these are, these are the skills we have, you know, where God, do you want to use them? So it was kind of in that, it was that way around for us. Yeah. Very much so. Great. And obviously you went as a whole family. And um, were there any ways you guys felt like God used you or called you to Brazil for a specific reason? Um, Well, I thought that when we arrived in Brazil, there wasn't really, at the church, there wasn't really any children my age, any older children. So it was sort of just me. Um, so we tried to help with that and by the time we and I um, some kids from my 
cl- class at school came in and um, and by the time we left we had a really good youth group at the church which I really enjoyed going to mm. great yeah it's brilliant to see that God uses kind of mm. the whole family yeah. so do you each have one thing that was a highlight or that was your favorite thing about bringing yes and what was your favorite thing my favorite thing was swimming outdoor pools like <laughs> like every day Cool. I don't know if it was every day, but it was quite yeah. quite often. Yeah. We did lots of outdoor swimming, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> and Maya, what did you like about Brazil? Um, I really liked the beaches, um, and the weather. Mhm. And you managed to come back to the UK when it's really hot here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I really liked the fact. That although we were in a British school, there were it was a lot of Brazilian kids, and when the international kids came, we became very close. So I sort of liked that really good friendship we had there. Mm. Great. Yeah. Um, sorry. So my favourite thing. Um, well, it's a tricky one. I abs- I have to say I absolutely love Brazil. I think it's the most extraordinary country and. Um, I think we really loved when we did have some time off or some holiday time. We used it to explore Brazil as much as we could, and um, and it's I just love that. I just think it's the most extraordinary place. It's just so diverse, so varied. I mean, it's enormous, um, and the culture's so warm. I, I could go on. I loved a lot of things about mm. Brazil, but I think the country itself and the people there. I just yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I think I'd say the people. I, I love the, the Brazilians. Was was so warm and and welcoming. They they have such a love for life, such a passion for everything, which sometimes can mean that they, you know, they they, they that gets directed in slightly more complicated ways, or or um, it can be difficult. But um, they are such a, a warm and generous people. So I, I love them. Um, can you tell us? Um, some of the ways you've seen God at work. I know you've been involved in very different projects, mm. but maybe just a couple of snapshots of what you've been able to see God doing and join in with. I think that he that he answers prayers. Um, my um, grandfather, he had a heart attack, um, and I prayed for him every night. And now he's better. Right. Um, also, my dad, um, he, he got um, chikungunya, a um, disease. Yeah, tropical disease. A tropical disease that you can get from mosquitoes. And um, I prayed for him as well, and he got better. Mm-hmm. In Argentina, we were playing on the trampoline and they fell off it. And there was like a quite high one, it was like that high. Um, and there was like a path which was made of rock. And there was some grass on the other side. So I prayed quickly. And I was falling um, that I wouldn't hit the rock. I hit the grass instead of the rock. Which <laughs> is. <laughs> So you've learned how to pray where we've been. There. You've learned how to pray while falling off trampolines. Yeah. So that's, that's <laughs> <a skill. laughs> I think I was really am- amazed by how 
God is at work in ways that you don't imagine. We certainly came with a um, a view of what he was going to use us for. We knew the skills that we brought with us. And, um, and it was amazing how God continued not only to use us, but he brought others in so that actually growth came in places we didn't expect. Um, and, uh, and actually just the, the growth of the church. I think we came with real faith and a trust in him that he would help grow it if, if we all pull together, we all pray together. Um, but he really grew it quite extraordinarily. And, um, and that was so encouraging. So by the time um, we left, the church is at about 120 people. There's a youth group of about, well, nearly 40, including the youth. Um, and, and we just could not have imagined that it would have grown like that, given a lot of people were leaving Rio um, after the Olympics and in general expats were, were going away and yet the, the church grew despite that. So it was a really extraordinary thing of just seeing God working in, in ways that we didn't imagine or expect. Yeah, and I think um, I think for me it was really amazing to see God, God work in quite adverse situations for, for the good. Um, I, we, had a, we were teaching English up in um, the favela community near the church called Santa Marta and the favela community is quite, it's an informal settlement, there's a lot of poverty there um, and people live in, in quite difficult um, conditions and we were teaching English to a group of children up there every week and um, I took a group of volunteers up one week and uh, a shootout started between the drug gangs in the favela and the police at the bottom of the favela who were doing a raid. Uh, which happens on an almost daily basis to um, the people living in that community, and and it was quite a it was quite a terrifying ordeal. It was very the, the gunshots were very loud. Um, we all had to be under the tables. The, the guys from the drug gang were in the corridor next to the building, so they were shooting down, and the police were shooting up. So we were literally in the line of fire, and you know we were all under the tables with all these children under the tables, and I looked round and I just. I felt this real peace and this real calm in, in the midst of like quite a terrifying situation, um, and I think it was it was an incredible experience really for a couple of reasons. I think one is that um, is that I real I think it gave me real compassion and like a very real understanding for what that community was going through on a daily basis um, that I could not have understood if I hadn't been there and experienced it. And, and, you know, the, the kids had that happening while they are in their beds, you know, at home at night very frequently. And so I think it gave me this added compassion that, that the community they lived in was so difficult <laughs> to live in. Um, and I think secondly, on a more kind of practical level, um, it gave us the opportunity to invite the, the, the kids down to the church where we were. Um, where Alex was um, uh, associate vicar at Christchurch, and so we started to invite them to our our space, and, and they started to come, and we were able to clear out the pews and create a really interactive large space for them to to be taught, and we could do more of what we wanted to do. So, um, um, so in a way, God kind of turned this really awful situation into actually, you know, quite a, a positive. It had a, a positive outcome to it, um, and I think we were also able to pray more. Uh, with more knowledge and understanding just by having even experienced that that situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like a terrifying kind of situation to be in, but how did you deal with, be- with the kind of the presence of danger mm. while, while you were there as a family? Yeah, I, I, well, I always find it interesting that when, um, when we were living, before we went to Brazil, we lived in Twickenham, 
And, uh, and I always used to think, how many times do, I, do we really pray that God would be with us in a day? Because we, we know pretty much how the day is going to plan out. It's all diarized, it's mapped out, and, and we live in a, a relatively safe place. Um, and so it was interesting going to Brazil where, where you really had to pray daily for your safety and the protection of the family. Um, but in a way, that became a really important part of, of life, recognizing that God is with you all the time. And I think because of that, actually, when you know and you're aware of his presence more and, and you're more mindful of his presence, actually, I consider that a real privilege. And, um, and it's something I think we really want to hold on to coming back here, that, that the streets may be safer, depending on where, where you live, um, but God is, is with us. Yeah, I'd echo that as well. I think you you just completely have to rely. Either you you shut yourself away and you don't do anything, mm. which you know. I mean, we had yeah. friends who were spouses, for example, of of people working in the expat community, um, in quite privileged living in quite privileged areas of Rio, and you know we had examples of people who weren't going out after four o'clock in the afternoon because they'd heard it was really you know it was that was the most dangerous time to go out, and these are in very you know, wealthy neighbourhoods. Um, so people, so either you shut yourself away in your ivory tower, or you, you just get on with life. You, you still, you don't. You know, obviously, there are there are limits to the risks you take. But we chose to still live our life, do the things that we needed to do. We were working in the favela community. We carried on doing that, but but we prayed, and that's that's all we we could do. Mm. So I agree with Alex. Like it, it became, you know, whenever we went to a, a dangerous. Um, place we would pray before we'd probably pray during I remember one time when we were walking up into the favela and there was a whole group of guys literally just in front of us in the in the plaza the square um youths with to- they had their tops off and I remember they had all these enormous machine guns strapped to their backs you know and we had to just walk through them and you know we just had to be calm and I remember just praying God just please you know help us walk past these guys and let it be okay you know and it was so Jane, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about just in the months before you left, I believe you started working on quite mm. an exciting project. Yes, yeah, so um, yes, it's called Projecto Hub, which is Project Hub in English, and um, it was really um, a vision I feel God gave me um, for the community. Um, so we worked on this English teaching program for a number of years, well, three, three and a half years altogether. And during the first two years that we were doing that, we, we, we got to know the community quite well. Um, we made connections with two local churches within the community and started to really ma- you know, make some good relationships there. And I just felt um, God really prompting me to, to delve a bit deeper into some of the issues that the community were experiencing and, and some of the needs that they, they had and see you know, what could, could we do anything to support them. And so we, we partnered with Tear Fund and... Uh, we did a, a workshop um, last year um, using a, a community development tool called Emoja, and um, and we really asked we asked the community what what are the main issues? What do you consider to be the main issues in your community? And they said violence, not surprisingly, and and when we drilled down into it, the the uh, to the root causes or what they felt the root causes were, they said it's a lack of options. The the young people just don't have attractive viable options you know and, and and having the status you know and money that comes of carrying a gun and being part of a gang are the most attractive option to them and so what hope is there really for the violence getting any better and um and I think this really stayed with me and and 
um, and I felt God really put it on my heart. Just could, is there anything we could do to maybe support them to have a future that they want to have? Um, and so, to cut a long story short, uh, we did a number of focus groups uh, within the community with young people, and we talked to a lot of people. And we felt that the right thing to do is to start an initiative that supported entrepreneurship, specifically among young people, and really help them not just not even those that had the business idea, but those that maybe didn't have the idea yet, um, to just see that there's something beyond what they were doing. Um, a lot of them were unemployed. Uh, a lot of them had jobs, or had had jobs, which were just so dull and boring. They just did not want to go back, or they were so badly paid, it wasn't almost worth going. And so we, we were really what we were really trying to do is um, help them to see that there is something beyond their immediate circumstances and that they can really hope for something. So um, so we started Projetta Hub and it's we've, we we um, refurbished and renovated a room uh, opposite the favela community directly opposite the entrance and it's um, a big room. It's um, we've we've done it in, a, in as high spec as we could. Um, it's got. Um, all mod cons in terms of laptops. Um, it's got a um, a smart TV for presentations, um, and it's it's a really um, attractive working space. So that's a working space for them to use whenever they want. And mm. um, we have an on-site uh, site manager who's there um, all the time to receive people, and he's actually from the favela community. He's called Wallace. He's fantastic. Uh, and we have a project coordinator who's coordinating everything and a team there, a volunteer team as well. And we're also providing mentoring uh, for young people in terms of small business development. Great. Exciting to see what yeah. happens in the future. <laughs> yeah. So now that you're back in the UK, um, do you think there are ways that your time in Brazil will affect how you settle back in here or how you do life? Hmm in the UK? That's a good question. Um, I, I before we went to Brazil, I always said to Jen, in terms of working in the church, I said, I don't think I could ever see us working in a council estate because um, I'm just not equipped. I don't think I've got any of the talents or, or the, the passion for that. And then having worked in um, Rio and working in, in Santa Marta, the favela community, um, and, and seeing... Jesus at work in that place uh, I've come back and I think I, I don't think I could work in a place where they don't have a, a, a passion for the marginalised and for the poor and, the, and there are ways in which we as church mobilise ourselves in prayer and in action to, to work alongside those communities and try and understand how can we be Jesus in, in that place and what is Christ trying to do there and how can we be part of what he's already begun so that's probably the, the biggest thing for me coming back he, he's kind of turned me around 180 degrees yeah and I think for me I mean it might sound a bit cliched but it's just so true is um I think the importance of being grateful um mm. I think and there were so many things that I was grateful about being in Brazil and and, and I loved about Brazil but um I did feel this constant um I suppose a threat in a way like in terms of safety on a day-to-day -day basis you know as I was saying we had to pray regularly about and I think it's it's something that takes a lot of um, effort in a way. It's quite tiring to actually constantly feel slightly on edge or slightly alert. And I think, um, and then being back in the UK, you just don't have that alertness. You don't need to have that. And just being grateful that we live in a, in a country where 
um, generally we, ha- we we are safe, yeah. you know, on the whole. It's it's yeah. it's not like Rio, <laughs> mm. um, and and just that, you know, however much we we complain about the government, I think that that gratitude that at least the government is it's not corrupt, it's accountable, you know, mm. I, and I think that was something we found very difficult in Brazil was just that lack of trust even in the police force. Um, so yeah, I think being really grateful for what mm. we have here in the UK. Mm. Yeah. Guys, anything yeah. you want to say? No. no. And so to wrap up, if people have been listening to this and want to pray for you and for Christchurch in Rio, are there any specific things that you as a family would like prayer for or that you'd like people to keep praying for for the work in Rio? Yeah, I mean, for, for me, I'd love, um, I'd love people to keep praying for Santa Marta, the favela community, uh, pray for peace there. It's it's very there's a lot of unrest, um, and it's very distressing for the community. So um, peace in that community and in wider Rio as well. Mm. That's on my heart. Yeah, I think for me, do pray for Mark and Jess Simpson, who are also CMS partners and who are the most super people. They they love the Lord. They they're passionate about social transformation and uh, um, and pray for Mark particularly in his leadership of the church. Um, through these these next few years. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Church Mission Society. For more material, go to churchmissionsociety.org forward slash resources.